This stone was seven and a half feet high and three feet wide, with Chinese inscriptions writing, and it referred to Christian missionaries back to 780 A.D. And a particular man's name was mentioned, um, where I have it here somewhere. Um, he was a Syrian, and he was uh, a missionary of the cross, and he went to China, and he preached the gospel and was martyred. You're listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of our Free Presbyterian Church. This is Ian Golliher, and today again we want to expound and explain the message of the cross, that instrument by which God ordained to reconcile the world unto himself by sending his own Son to be a sacrifice on that tree, to pour out his life and his blood to redeem his people. I want you to stay tuned as we come to that segment at the close of the program on Don't Miss the Cross. But also we have here right now Hebrews 13, what it is to be a stable Christian. And it's based, of course, on the guarantees, the promises, the assurances, and the covenant of grace. May the Lord work in your heart today this power of the gospel to bring you to saving faith in our Lord Jesus. There are ministries that are so intellectual that it stuffs the head, but the heart is left empty and cold. And there's so much knowledge, but so little of Christ, so little of the gospel and of the infinite love of God to hearts. Now, any gospel or doctrine that swells the head but leaves the heart cold is not the right message. Meats cannot minister to the heart. All the visible stuff of religion cannot produce a stable Christian. We need grace. Now, that grace, of course, means we need hearts which are born again, the new birth, born from above. We need hearts where the law of God is written on the heart. That's the miracle of regeneration. So the, the law of God that is clinical, cold, and dead, it now by the Spirit is written on the heart. And we love it. We love the ways of the Lord and we do his will with joy. We also need hearts that are overflowing with thankfulness, thankfulness for the Lord's great grace. And this is what makes life worth living and death worth dying for. Even in the face of persecution, in the face of opposition, and that is in vogue here, that is in view in the whole context of this passage. But when you are filled with grace, filled with the gospel, then you are willing to stand up for Christ. Joseph Parker was a preacher in the city of London 
He was a contemporary of C.H. Spurgeon, but one of the outstanding English preachers in his day. And when he was out debating atheists in a park in London, someone shouted at him, what did God do for Stephen when he was being stoned? And Mr. Parker said that with some vein of inspiration, it came to his mind to reply, he received grace to pray for the very people that stoned him. And there is stability. There is a man facing death, and yet he has the glory, the beauty of Christ in his own life. Persecution has often been the test of people that are willing to stand up for Jesus. I learned just this week about a stone, a tablet, that was discovered in China. The year of discovery was 1625 by Roman Catholic missionaries in northwest China. This stone was seven and a half feet high and three feet wide with Chinese inscriptions writing, and it referred to Christian missionaries back to 780 AD. And a particular man's name was mentioned, um, where I have it here somewhere. Um, he was a Syrian, and he was uh, a missionary of the cross, and he went to China, and he preached the gospel and was martyred. And in the 8th century, there was such a rage of persecution in northwest China that Christianity was obliterated. But the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. And the, what those people were willing to endure because they had the love of the gospel within their hearts. And so in times of persecution, it will be believers with grace in their hearts, with the joy and the blessedness of the Savior in their souls that will stand and withstand every opposition of the enemy. Now, the third thing to be a stable Christian, and I'm going on down these chapters, this verse here, 10 uh, into 11 and 12. We have an altar whereof they have no right to eat, which serve the tabernacle for the bodies of those beasts whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin are burned without the camp. Wherefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. And then verse 13, let us go forth, therefore, unto him. Now, did you notice? We have an altar. What's the background to that statement? Those Judaizers were complaining, these Christians, they worship by faith with no altar. They have no sacrifices. They have no fire to consume the sacrifice to God. They do not worship with an altar. And the apostle lays out here in verse 10, we have an altar. 
That altar, if you go right down to verse 12, you will see is the cross. It is the death of the Lord Jesus and his suffering on that cross. Now, we're not 100% sure what year the book of Hebrews was written. Paul the Apostle died close to 64 AD. That's the year of the burning of Rome, of major persecution against the Christians. If he is the author of this book, it must have been written somewhere close prior to that date. But there was only seven years between the Apostle Paul's death and the destruction of the city of Jerusalem, A.D. 71. And in A.D. 71, Jerusalem was invaded by the Romans. The Jews who hid out in the city were massacred, and the temple was destroyed. The artifacts, including the Ark of the Covenant, was taken and went into oblivion. Nobody knows where the Ark of the Covenant is today. But the altar, the temple Jewish worship, ended A.D. 71. Now, in God's program, it ended in A.D. 33 when Christ died. But Jews, in their insistence of continuing their Israelite Levitical worship, it had to be taken from them physically by an invading army, and then they had no altar. And one of the strange things about Judaism today and since A.D. 71, they have never restored the temple. They have never restored Levitical worship with blood sacrifices. And to this day, Jews worship without a physical altar. Now, we as Christians, as Paul notes, or the author here notes, we have an altar. The altar that is not visible. There is no physical altar in the church. Our altar is the cross. Our sacrifice is Christ. His death, his blood, his body offered up for us is the final absolute offering on the altar of Calvary. And we can say that with great authority because here in verse 12 and 13, it speaks, wherefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. Let us go forth, therefore, unto him. We have an altar, and it's the cross. The cross reconciles. It sanctifies. The cross separates. We are called to go outside the gate, just as the Lord Jesus went out through the north gate of Jerusalem to the Golgotha, outside the walls of the city, and there he was crucified. The cross separates. Verse 13, the cross consecrates. We're to go out 
forth therefore unto him without the camp, bearing his reproach. That takes consecration. It's going to mean your surrender. It's going to mean your dedication in every way. And then in verse 13 as well, the cross motivates. Let us go forth, therefore, unto him. And so the cross, the altar that we have, it gives us a new meaning to live for God. And we hear the call, let us go forth unto him. In the first century, Jewish Christians were to leave Judaism. They were to go out of Judaism, outside the camp, and go unto Jesus. In the second century, during another wave of persecution, Christians were to go out and again serve the Lord. In the third century, whenever there was divisions in the church and heresies over the Trinity in particular, Christians who knew their Bible and knew their doctrine had to go out, out of the camp unto the Lord Jesus. In the fourth century, well, there was the Council of Nicaea, which settled the whole Arian controversy. And those who were true believers, again, had to separate and go out unto Jesus. And you can go down the centuries, even to the Protestant Reformation. And there were people who went back to the Bible, back to the gospel, and they heard the call, let us therefore go forth unto him without the camp bearing his reproach. Today, 21st century, we hear this call that motivates us. Let us therefore go out unto him. What are we going out from? Well, the great confusion that's in the church today is lawlessness, antinomianism, a gospel without the law, a Christianity that throws out the Ten Commandments. And in many areas today, we are called to join or drawn to consider a ministry that is without the law of God. And that is our challenge in this century, to leave the world and to go out unto the Lord and serve him. I have in my notes here the wonderful article that was written by A.W. Tozer. It is The Old Cross and the New. This was written somewhere around the 1970s, and he saw in that time, the great trend that was advancing. It was a trend to water down the cross versus the old cross that brought reproach. Can you see the word reproach in the passage that we're looking at here tonight? Verse 13, let us go forth therefore unto him without the camp, bearing his reproach. The new gospel, the new Modern contemporary Christianity is designed to remove the reproach. 
and they will do anything to attract the modern-minded, carnal-minded man or woman. Here's how A.W. Tozer saw it. The old cross would have no truck with the world. For Adam's proud flesh, it meant the end of the journey. It carried into effect the sentence imposed by the law of Sinai. The new cross is not opposed to the human race. Rather, it is a friendly pal. And if understood aright, it is the source of oceans of good, clean fun and innocent enjoyment. It lets Adam live without interference. His life motivation is unchanged. He still lives for his own pleasure. Only now he takes delight in singing choruses and watching religious movies instead of singing bawdy songs and drinking hard liquor. The accent is still on enjoyment, though the fun is now on a higher plane, morally, if not intellectually. That's just one paragraph of the article. Uh, I'm jumping away down to the end here, and it says, Dare we, the heirs of such a legacy of power, tamper with the truth? Dare we, with our stubby pencils, erase the lines of the blueprint or alter the pattern on the mount? May God forbid. Let us preach the old cross, and we will know the old power. That's so applicable, so fitting for this passage that we're looking at here tonight, that we might be stable Christians. Do not buy in to worldly gospel ministry. Do not buy in to new doctrines and new ideas that change the reproach of the cross, because you might attract the modern man, but you'll lose the power, the power of God by standing with Christ without the camp. Now, I haven't developed this, but right down to verse 16, you'll notice that there is the sacrifice of praise and there is the sacrifice of service. And so there are ways by which we grow as stable Christians, and we develop our skills, we develop our talents, we develop our commitment to Christ by these various means. Uh, Verse 15, by him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name for to do good and to communicate, forget not, for with such sacrifices God is well pleased. So let's take a look at our own lives tonight. Let's take a look at what we are doing for the Lord. Are we stable Christians, or are we like that tree that gets dug up periodically and the roots never deepen down. You are called tonight to grow as a stable Christian. Grow in the doctrines of the Lord. Grow in the cross. 
grow in the gospel that is a reproach and bear that reproach. And the bearing of that reproach strengthens us. And then we go forth with our sacrifices. Now, you'll notice there's a bit of a play on words here. Old Testament people put a lot of emphasis on sacrifices. Everything they did to worship involved sacrifices. Paul takes that idea and he says, the fruit of your lips with praise is a sacrifice to God in thankfulness. And then in the final verse, verse 16, that to communicate, forget not, for with such sacrifices, communicate is giving, generosity, hospitality, ministering, taking opportunity to show the love of Christ. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased, and thereby we grow, and we grow into strong Christians. You're listening to Let the Bible Speak. This is Pastor Ian Golliher, and today again we're looking at the cross of Christ, wherein we might miss the cross. And that's my concern. There are multitudes that know about the death of the Lord Jesus. They know something of the date, the time, the facts of Jesus' death. But how many people know the doctrine or the meaning of the death of the Son of God upon that Roman gibbet. You may miss the cross if you fail to grasp the concept of double transfer. That is, the transfer of our guilt to Christ, and a transfer of Christ's perfections to believers. This is called double imputation. It is a simple concept— but foreign to our human reasoning. Therefore, it needs to be laid down again and again as the foundation of the gospel. Its premise is really in the transfer of Adam's guilt to all of his offspring. The guilt of original sin, or the personal sin transacted by Adam, is passed to his offspring, and that from generation to generation. This is the imputation of Adam's sin to all sinners in the world. Now Jesus, being the second Adam, stands in the place of his people, and his victory, the fruit of his obedience, are passed to them. His righteousness, or good works, including the fruit from the obedience of his death, is transferred or imputed to those who believe on Christ's person and work. It is this blessing of double transfer that brings the power of the cross down to the believer's life. Our sins are laid on Jesus, and his obedience is transferred to us. Though we have sinned and therefore are guilty before God, we are treated as perfectly holy or righteous because all the worth of Jesus' obedience is gifted to us. 
Oh, how sweet is this to the soul of sinners! Oh, what peace and joy to the soul! As Romans 5, 1, which sums up the blessedness of this, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Can you rest in that? Can you take that to heart today and accept that when you call on the Lord to be your Savior, your sins, all the guilt to your personal account, are transferred to the body, the person of the Lord Jesus, and he suffered for those sins in his body upon the cross. But then also his perfections, his obedience and the fruit of his obedience are all given to your account so that you stand before God holy, made right and righteous in his sight. The hymn writer said, Long ago I saw my Savior bearing shame upon a tree. Then my heart was touched with sorrow, for I saw he bled for me. It is finished loud, he cried. Oh, what love for me he died. In my stead he bled on Calvary. Once for all Christ rescued me. And there lies the hope, the confidence of the believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. What a wonderful thing to be a Christian. And what a wonderful thing to have this wonderful hope in this world, through life, unto death, and on the judgment day, that my sins were laid on Jesus, and all his obedience is gifted now to me and to my account. So I stand righteous, perfect, ready for heaven, having all the good works, the merits of the Lord Jesus to my account. That's the hope. That's the confidence of the child of God. And so I trust you will take this to heart and call on the Lord to be your Savior and lay your sins on Jesus. listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of the Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. If you missed part of today's program or would like to hear it again, you can find it archived by program date on our website. Just go to www.ltbs.ca 
CA for Canada. There you can read my blog, find my Bible study notes, audio and video sermons, as well as helpful articles. Or you can go to our podcast on iTunes. We're on the air Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our full church broadcast and Monday to Friday, 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. on this station to bring you the gospel from our free Presbyterian church here in Cloverdale. We also invite you to our church services on Sundays, 10.30 and 6 p.m. Through our website, you can listen and view to our online services at 10.30 and 6 p.m. Make it your Sunday worship. Click on the Live Now button on the homepage of our website. Or if you would like to talk with me one-on-one as a pastor, please give me a call. The phone number is 604-897-2040. The mailing address is 187 9058 Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3S1M6. We're located just two blocks north of Number 10 Highway on 188th Street. Our website again is ltbs.ca. You can join us Monday to Friday, 5 a.m., 5 p.m., here on this station as we let the Bible speak. Mm-hmm.